Growing a podcast from zero to 140,000 downloads per month in six months, building an audience of your ideal clients and so much more. Hey, welcome back. I'm so excited today. I'm joined by a very special guest named Tom Hunt. He is the founder of Fame, a podcasting agency that starts and grows the world's most profitable B2B podcasts. We're going to get into a lot of different things as it relates to producing a revenue generating podcast on today's show. Tom Hunt, thank you so much for coming on to Profit with Podcasting. My pleasure. Well, Tom, you know, I've, I've admired your work sort of from a distance for some time, and I've admired fame and the great things you're doing there. But, you know, for listeners unfamiliar with, you know, let's start with fame. Why don't you introduce us to your company? Yeah, so fame started because I was head of, I had a job in 2018, and I was head of marketing at a B2B SaaS company. We sold sales software. And so I joined and I was like spending a lot of time trying to understand who was trying to sell to. I don't have a sales background, but then I was, I was speaking to one of the salespeople was called Henry. And he was like, I'm part of this group called the sales ops meetup in London. And I think these guys, we should sell to these guys. Is what he told me. And I'm like, okay, well I went to one of the meetups. So I speak to them and I'm like, yeah, these people are like the perfect buyers for our software. So I just like messaged some of them on LinkedIn and I was like, can you jump on a call with me so I can learn about you? And obviously they just ignored me. So then I was like, well, why don't we start podcasts and then record these conversations and help these people in their career? And then also you learn about them, get to know them and build an audience of them. So we started and it was a like very low production quality, like pretty rubbish show, but it was like gaining a bit of traction. We enjoyed the interviews I was learning and we were like getting a bit of inbound SEO, a bit of social engagement when the guests were sharing. But then something magical happened, and the 13th guest was the VP of sales operations at a B2B SaaS company that everyone knows. And then actually randomly, he got chatting with the CEO after the interview on LinkedIn, and then four months later, bought all of our sales software for the whole of their 183-person sales team. And so I was like, oh my God. And so that was like 10, 9 to 10x ROI on the time and money we spent on the show. So I was like, the holy grail of B2B marketing, short-term attributable ROI, long-term brand building. So I was like, I'm leaving and doing this full-time. Would you like to be my first client? Fortunately, they said yes. They're still a client today. I was a host of that show for 200 episodes, Sales Ops Demystified, one of the most downloaded shows on Sales Ops. That's my pitch. Um, no longer the host. I got kicked out, um, but they're still a client. And then all fame is, so to answer your question, <laughs> all fame is, is just us taking that process that we started developing back then in 2018 and then uh, implementing with a number of other B2B companies. Wow. Wow. Okay. I love, I love stories like that, Tom. So, you know, people have, have published, you know, articles and various interviews have been published as well. What is it like? What is it about B2B podcasting that allows it to be profitable? You know, why? Why does the strategy of interviewing ideal partners or or clients work in your words? So in the long term, the long term sustainable, actually more lucrative opportunity is building an audience of your ideal buyers and entertaining slash adding value, like improving their lives. That's how we like ultimately get profit from this from a podcast. The problem with that, though, is that it takes a year, normally, maybe more, depending how big your existing audience is. 
And so the question is, how do you convince a CFO to spend money on this thing for a year, like with possibly without getting any like return and only building a small audience? And so the way you do that is you go to the CFO and you say, during this year, we're going to spend 20 grand. And at the end of it, we're going to have an audience that may, that should give us a, like that should buy from us. But on that journey, we're going to build relationships with 24 potential partners or customers. And so then maybe after six months, you've interviewed 10 potential partners, 10 potential customers, two potential customers went into the sales process. You have one partnership. Maybe you actually even made some money. And so then, then the CFO is like, yes, let's do it for another six months to and they enable you to build the audience. So it's about understanding that building an audience of people of buyers takes a while. But on the on that journey, you can convince the business or convince the CFO to allow you to do, to do that if you show some kind of profit on the way you do that through building relationships with the right people. Mm. Okay. Okay. So building relationships with the right people and, uh, you know, increasing the profits of your company, that that's kind of straightforward, but in terms of growing an audience of your ideal buyers, how do how do you go about that? You know, is it, is it all about building an audience, you know, getting, getting, you know, high download numbers or, or tell us more about that. So it starts with understanding like the person you sell to. And then understanding what they're what they're trying to achieve and what their pain points are, and then trying to solve them through information. So the first step is actually what I was trying to do, right? At, in my last company, is like trying to get them on the phone to understand them. Um, and you can also actually do this through the podcast interviews as you ask questions to understand them. Once you understand them and what their challenges are, then you can start creating information that helps them with these challenges. Um, and so if you're able to do that, then the numbers are going to grow. And then you're going to have the audience, but it's like a constant thing Like every week you have to release something that's going to solve like a specific problem for them. And so if you focus too much on like improving your metrics and not on the actual goal, which is to like inform or entertain these people, then you're actually not going to get there. So it starts like, I don't know, it's really a micro, like every piece of content, like mapping that to a challenge or to something that your ideal customer is trying to achieve. I see. I see. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, so does fame, I'm curious, does fame have a certain uh, industry within B2B or industries that, that you serve best? Uh, tell us about who your clients are and who you're able to produce results for. Yeah, it's funny when I because we get our sales motion is people coming and requesting a podcast proposal. And the more boring the B2B company, the better in my eyes. I don't know, I just get really excited when I see one that's like, I don't know, SaaS for construction contracts. I'm like, yes, <laughs> because in like two weeks, we're going to be the number one most downloaded podcast in SaaS construction uh, contracts. And then we can grow from there, right? So like, I think I'm joking. I think the process works like, it probably works basically a lot of people make a mistake. The first mistake a lot of B2B podcasters make is they don't go niche enough. And so when I see a nice niche company, I'm like, perfect, because we don't have to go to niche the show further down than their business positioning, right? But if I see a SaaS company, if I see like, I don't know, just like a CRM SaaS company, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to convince these people that we need to start a podcast, which is CRM for like pets. I don't know, like picked that randomly. But so I think if like any niche company is good, typically the, the more boring, the better. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting, uh, Tom. Over the last few years, we've seen a lot of different podcast agencies grow like fame. Um, you know, like B2B podcasting is kind of, it seems like it's kind of taking the marketing world by storm in some respects. But I'm, I'm curious, like, 
is this here to stay? I feel like a few years ago when, you know, the first kind of few podcasting agencies like yours started popping up, it was really a novel idea. It was really new. Um, you know, but, but more people are aware of this strategy now because it works. Do you think that podcasting the way that you think about it is here to stay, or are we purely riding, you know, kind of a, a marketing wave of uh, popularity as it were? Yeah, I think you're totally right. Like more and more businesses are releasing podcasts. The question is the, the rate of podcast business, podcast creation is outpacing the rate of uh, podcast consumption. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think anyone really knows the answer to that question. The way we um, kind of justify, or, or the way, I, or the reason we kind of built this business was because one stat, like one metric, the like total podcast is estimated to be about two million. And yeah. actually, before I go into that, we first we have to understand what a podcast is. It's just a RSS feed. It's just a feed of audio content, just like a blog is a feed of written content, right? So there's about two million podcasts. But then there's about 50 million YouTube channels. So that's a feed of video content. There's about 500 million blogs, feed of written content. And so you like, I don't know, for us, it seems like even if we just get to 10 million podcasts, then like we can, and we just take a few small number of that, then we can have a good business. Yeah, no, that that's a good angle. That's a good angle. That makes perfect sense. I like it. Well, it, you know, what is different? And as I said, I, I admire your work. What is different about fame? You know, like if there's a B2B company, who's aware of this strategy, they want to get a podcast up and running. You know, what's different about fame as opposed to say another agency or even an internal solution? Yeah, I think so first, what I think we've done well is like niche down as we were just discussing, right? So B2B. And so if you're like a B2B marketing manager and you need to, you've been set the task as CEO starting a podcast, you, and you're looking, you're Googling for podcast agencies, you'll find like a shitload, right? But you're, you are more likely like it's it's like logic that you're you were more likely to choose a b2b one okay so that's that's the first thing i think we did right second thing i think we are doing right is that we <laughs> i think we're and it's very simple i think we're cheaper and better like to put it bluntly um i think we're cheaper because we leverage automation and a global work workforce and i think we're better because we do one thing that no podcast agency let alone b2b podcast agency does which is we set 10 percent month on month download goals for client shows and it's our job to hit them and so mm. that's like pretty well that's compelling right now in sales conversations right oh that's okay that's fascinating no no, no i i definitely understand the, the value add there um and so in addition to your agency tom tell us about bcast of free podcast hosting analytics and distribution platform yeah so what happened here is that i was building fame and obviously when you run client shows you need podcast hosting and so maybe i was a bit like i don't know bullish but i was like well we'll just build one so i found a co-founder we started building bcast which is basically podcast hosting software but for high growth like everything we built into that tool is focused on how do we grow podcasts faster or how do we enable our users to grow podcasts faster and so so I'm like 95% of my time is on fame, but then I have 5% of time like growing and being a product manager for Bcast. And the reason why I work quite well is that I'm talking with every day, I talk with B2B marketers looking to grow their podcast through fame. And then we just build build out products, uh, features that they mention. For example, one client said, wouldn't it be great if we could split test podcast episode titles? Um, because we were always arguing with him about what, what the best podcast title was. Like, I propose one. He's like, no, we do this. And I'm like, I bet mine would win. And so then we just build it into Bcast. So now you can split test two podcast episode titles. Um, and over 24 hours, then it selects the one that got the most downloads. 
So that's Bcast. Um, we actually only recently uh, revealed like a freemium option, so free forever, like pretty like limited on downloads, but you can go and host a podcast forever. So yeah, if, if totally free. If anybody wants to go and check it. it, I love it. Well, and, you know, so Fame just published an article. I have to ask you about this, Tom. Zero to one hundred and forty k downloads, a seven part series. Whereas you grew a client podcast from zero to one hundred and forty thousand downloads per month in six months. Like, how how is that possible, Tom? If you wouldn't mind, tell us that story. Yeah, I might actually get the post out because the seven steps. Um, so I'm going to get out because I got to kind of run through the steps. I think the core like reason um, is a, I don't know if it's a bit cheating, but we it technically isn't really a b2b podcast because that business they i'm not going to get into the details of the business but it's almost like b2b to c and so the show or the, the the topic of the show is is quite like if not like b2b contract management do you know what i mean it's like yeah. each episode basically if a medicine focused podcast currently ranking like number three in medicine in the us um each episode focuses on a specific condition and then the host, who is amazing, uh, interviews a doctor on that specific condition and provides potential like options for treatments, et cetera. So if you think about that, it's like very like broad, like consumer interest. And we like the, the, re the real, like the magic source really is a combination of like broad available interests, very like actionable specific content like for each episode that's very specific right so we can rank for search terms related to diabetes for example um and then it's effective use of facebook ad paid spend those three things are like the real things that have driven that show it's called the root cause medicine podcast if anybody wants to check it out but i'm just going to run through that this there and yeah we have a blog post on our site that is that shows the seven steps but to run through the seven steps like positioning strategy i kind of explained that just then um executing the perfect launch yes i think we launched quite well go and check out the blog post if you want to understand that yeah important of the retention this is super important that i don't think anyone thinks about when trying to grow a show is before you actually invest in ads or invest in promotion you should first understand if your content is like adding value to the person that you're trying to like you know here's like a marketing lesson which I think it's absolutely fundamental. Uh, retention is the foundation of growth. And so if you're not retaining those people, if you're not adding value to them, they're not going to come back. It's going to be much harder to grow. So before we start like really promoting, we want to just see on Apple, it shows you average consumption for every episode. So I would average that each month. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to see that ticking up slightly because that shows that more people are consuming the content and therefore more people are likely to come back. So it's going to be easier to grow. Um, Systemization and automation. So this is more like just ensuring your processes are all good behind the scenes to ensure you're consistent with the release of the episodes. Uh, Non-paid promotion and paid promotion. I would go and check out the blog post and then conclusion. So yeah, I think core is like we got, have an amazing host, like broad available interests, like a specific topic per episode that everyone is interested in and then effective use of Facebook and Instagram ads. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great. So, you know, podcast-based marketing or networking, excuse me, whatever you want to call it, content-based networking, podcast-based networking, you know, profiting through the relationships that are nurtured through your podcast is a strategy that many people have talked about and a strategy that I've used successfully myself. You know, if, if kind of fame's value proposition is more of a long-term play, let's say over the course of a year, building an audience of your ideal buyers. How then do those listeners, how then does that audience convert to 
sales? You know, like, do you employ a content funnel and then like a nurture sequence is the idea just to um, sort of establish thought leadership and brand awareness? Yeah, it's more the second. I like the most of the buyers of, of our clients' products are not idiots. And so like they kind of know how they're going to go and buy something. Um, they basically like they'd either talk to the podcast host or they put, go to the website and they buy. Like we don't need to trick these people into buying this stuff. Um, I think the stat is that like 5% of B2B buyers that are like at any one time are in the market to buy the thing. And so this is why it's so important to continually add value and remind you, remind them through that content that your brand exists. So that when they are actually ready, they're just going to Google your brand name. They're going to go to your website. So that, that does lead to an a, like a, a, a attribution challenge, right? Because that's just going to be chalked up to Google organic, and then the business is going to invest more in writing blog posts. Um, so the way the like the number one way around this is just have a self um, attribution form on the uh, like demo request. So where do you hear us free text? And then ideally, yeah. you'll, you'll be counting how many yeah. people mention the web podcast. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So fame was founded in I believe it was 2019. And here we are in 2022. You know, I want to talk about your vision for the company over the next few years, but I'd love it if you can also speak to the current unique, very unique economic situation that uh, a lot of B2B, you know, founders and marketers find themselves in, you know, with rumors of a recession and certainly the great resignation that we're still experiencing the effects of, you know, have you found that podcasting is still a worthy investment for a B2B company in today's market. Yes, yeah, so we haven't seen any churn due to recession fears. Um, would I say it's a worthy investment? I think that the what I've learned, and I'm not sure if I truly agree with this, is that there's a difference between like creating and capturing demand. If if demand is going down for across the board for B2B products, then there's going to be more competition for capturing that demand, e.g. spending money on Google search terms for contract management software construction contract management software. Um, and so there's going to be more like competition because less people are going to be searching for it for those less brands. So the acquisition costs are going to go up and it may become not profitable for you to, to capture demand anymore. And therefore, it, is, it places more important on the ability to create demand. So he's like educating and informing your ideal customers so they understand that you're, the problems that you're product solved. A podcast can be a good mechanism to do that because you can bring on guests that ideally you could sell to, but also can help educate your audience about the problem that your product solves. That's creating demand. Um, so I think that's an opportunity for B2B companies in this like more inflationary or recessionary environment um, because they may find that they are not able to capture as much of the demand as they previously were. So that's my thoughts on that. Like I don't have math like I don't have massive like thoughts or understanding on like the economy. Um, but so, so far it hasn't had any impact on us. Actually, I think the, the better value providers win more in more challenging economic times. So if your yeah. product or service is better or cheaper, then you actually might end up growing faster. Our vision. Yeah. yeah it took us about a year, no, nine to 10 months to get uh, nine clients. In June, we just added nine clients. So we're growing much faster now. Just hit the 1 million ARR mark. I think our, our, our mission, well, we have a mission and a vision. The vision is to simply to make our clients, employees, and freelancers happy. It's like not to that grand, but everyone likes it. So, it's, yeah. uh, so that's what's important. And the vision is to be the biggest and best B2B podcast marketing agency. Right? There's only a couple, I think, that are bigger than us. So again, not like a super grand vision, but... I think it's going to be like, is, is, I, th I think it's attainable in the next like two to three years. Yeah. 
Oh, I love it. I love it, Tom. No, that's that's absolutely great. Well, you know, Tom, I've, I've so enjoyed our conversation today. You know, we have a lot of people tuning in who are podcasters themselves. They're podcasting on behalf of their organization. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of a noisy world out there. There's so many people producing content on profiting with podcasts. Uh, you know, what advice, what kind of parting thoughts would you leave our listeners with? Um, I would suggest that probably the most important thing to grow a show is to have a unique point of view on the market and then weave that into absolutely everything you do so into the name of the show into the description of the show into the, the topics you discuss with guests into what your host says about the market um because if you can do that i think it's, it will set you apart from the rest of your competitors a really good example of this is um state of demand gen by chris walker it's a marketing slash demand jam podcast and he's like their their show is absolutely crushing it as well, along with their business and the podcast has bought them all the revenue is because he's basically thought of a new way of doing b2b marketing and the show is just a a what would i say like a the show is just simply all about that um and so i would think deeply about your thoughts maybe get the ceo involved founders involved about like what you think people have currently got wrong like in your market what are people doing wrong then you position your show like completely around that and how they can change it and do it right and i think that is probably the way to set yourself apart um it's quite it's a bit nuanced not too actionable but that's probably the most powerful thing yeah no i i love it well tom i will uh include a link to your free podcast course we kind of hinted at the topic earlier zero to 140,000 downloads a seven-part series i'll put a link to that in the description of this episode can't wait to sign up for it myself but you know where can listeners find you where's the best place to get in touch yeah sure just search for tom hunt on linkedin we can chat send me dm the other thing i have is uh, my own show where i talk about both stuff like this um confessions of a b2b marketer um on on any podcast app. awesome well hey tom hunt what a pleasure it's been thanks for coming up awesome thank you so much for having me